first quarter in review and a second quarter preview wrapping up the first four games and looking forward to the next on this episode of Locked on Bucks podcast. Let's go. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks fans? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the W2TSP Plus app. And we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison, credentialed writer for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Find my written words about your Buccaneers there and also on Twitter at DHarrison. 82. Thanks again for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. We're dropping predictions for Tampa Bay's second quarter schedule today. But first, we have to take a look back at the first quarter of the season, the first four games. Again, I know with the new regular season, the season doesn't really fall into nice, clean four-quarter segments. There is an extra game in there somewhere. We'll talk about that as we get later into the season. Call that your kicker game. You can make up for a loss or you can add an additional win if you need it late in the season to help you get some valuable playoff seed positioning. But for right now, we're going to cover the first four games of the 2022 NFL season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, obviously coming out of it two and two, a little disappointing. Uh, I think for the fans, for the team themselves, you know, anytime you're a Super Bowl contender, you want to come out of the gates three and one, four and no, two and two, not a disaster, but it just kind of feels a little unfulfilling. So how did we get, to two and two. Well, it all started week one. Buccaneers at Cowboys visiting AT&T Stadium to visit the Dallas Cowboys. A 19 to three win. And if you go back to that game, you remember passing game really not going all that well. Chris Godwin making an amazing week one return. Remember preseason guys, people were, some people were talking about December. He might not step foot on the field in this until December. Here we are in September, not just September, but week one. He's on the field. Unfortunately, ends up leaving uh, with an injury, but amazing to see the recovery and just have him come back in the first place. Leonard Fournette carried the day 21 touches, 127 yards, 21 carries. rather. That's not total touches, just runs 21 carries, 127 yards. Devin White coming through, leading the defense with eight total tackles and getting two sacks on Dallas Cowboy quarterback Dak Prescott, who injured his thumb in that contest, had to leave. Cooper Rush ends up coming in. Uh, and Dallas Cowboys right now pretty happy with where they're sitting after four games. Uh, but the but the Bucks come in. They get a 19 to three opening week win over the Dallas Cowboys to get off to a one and zero start week two. We go to New Orleans and the Buccaneers exercise some demons. Finally get a regular season win, the first regular season win for the Buccaneers with Tom Brady and with head coach Todd Bowles had never beaten them in the regular season again. Got that key divisional win in the playoffs on their way to the Super Bowl, but. Six straight regular season losses uh, to the New Orleans Saints for the coaching staff. Four straight for Tom Brady himself, getting that win 20-10. to Highlighted by, of course, the scrum, the fight. Mike Evans picking on poor Marshawn Lattimore ends up getting suspended for a game. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But Prashad Perryman really kind of picked up three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown in that game. Really picked up his play after Mike Evans left. And the defense really picked up their play after Mike Evans left. Uh, Mike Edwards, an interception return for a touchdown, but Jamel Dean, two interceptions, uh, kind of the key stat from that game. Then we go to week three. So we got two road games, 2-0 and start. You're feeling good. Uh, you like what you're doing. You want to get healthy, but the running game is working. The defense is definitely working 
early on in the season. We come back home to Raymond James Stadium. Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, come into town. First two drives score 14 points. Buccaneers get three in that same stretch, end up with 12 points total. Uh, the whole two minute or uh, two point conversion debacle at the end of the game and everything. Russell Gage, that was where he really showed up for the Bucs. 12 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown that set up that two point conversion try. Unfortunately, obviously, it fails. But Vita Vey also comes through two tackles and a forced fumble. Without that forced fumble, the game's probably a lot different anyway. So Vita Vea coming through for his team again. The Packers eventually get the win 14 to 12. Buccaneers fall to two and one with a home opener loss to the Green Bay Packers. And then we go back to Sunday night. And I know a lot of you guys would rather just forget about it. We are going to turn the page after this episode, but it's part of the first four games. So we got to go back. Sunday night football. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs come in 41 to 31. We kind of build this up. In, in the week as the the redemption game, right? Travis Kelsey had had a start, start, rough start to his season, wanted to come in and show up for his quarterback, Mike Evans, obviously, coming off that suspension after missing the Packers game, wanted to come out and ball out and ball out. He did eight catches, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Unfortunately, not enough to win the game. Mike Edwards, the safety, 13 tackles and a sack uh, in that game for the Buccaneers defense. Of course, you don't always want your safety leading your team. In tackles, it's not usually a good thing. It wasn't a good thing on Sunday night, but good to see Mike stepping up. Look, if the team is going to allow you to lead the team in tackles, at least you made the tackles and you did the thing. So that's how we got two and two, two road wins, two home losses. Kind of a weird trade off, you know what I mean? But look, uh, you're happy you have those road wins if you're going to take those home losses uh, to kind of even things out again. An extra game this year, uh, an extra quote unquote home game, although that is in Germany. So I don't know how much of a home game you really call it, but. Players of the quarter, right? So if you're on the offensive side of the ball, the player of the quarter I identified, and I did a whole write-up on this. I also named an MVP and everything else. If you want to go check that out at BucksGameDay.com. But here on the show, I'm going to talk about our players of the quarter, offensive and defensive. Offensive player of the quarter, running back Leonard Fournette. I don't know how you can have anybody else, to be honest with you. 60 carries through four games, uh, 224 yards, 16 receptions, 111 yards. Only one touchdown for Leonard, though. So if he's on your fantasy roster, you're probably not all that happy about it. But... The guy has been carrying a heavy, heavy pail of water for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, despite the fact that he only had three carries for a total of negative three yards against Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday Night Football in Week 4. Fournette still on pace to have a top three season in carries and rushing yards this year. Think about that. Three carries, negative three yards, still on pace to have one of the top producing seasons in his career. That's how much he got used through the first three weeks in order for the fourth week to even not to not even have that big uh, of an impact. And while the Buccaneers have been rotating their receivers through more medical treatments, Leonard Fournette has really been a very stabilizing uh, factor on the offense for three weeks of the first four, more so than the fourth week. But still, he gets my player of the quarter for the first quarter. Uh, on the defense, Devin White, it's, it's kind of hard to go against the NFC's defensive player of the month right like when he's the if he's the player of the month in the entire conference kind of hard to not say that he's the defensive player uh, of the first quarter for the team 35 tackles four tackles for a loss three sacks three passes broken up forced fumble again nobody's saying either of these guys have been perfect you know if they're perfect this team's probably not two and two you're probably looking at a four or no start but they've been very good for the most part uh again hard to go in any other direction but Stedman has stepped up in some key moments you know, look, we've even talked about it on the show. There's been some times where I kind of felt like he was over pursuing Aaron Jones, kind of left some things open, kind of had some similar things happen against Kansas City that Patrick Mahomes was able to take advantage of. But we'll talk about how that's going to translate 
into the future. But bottom line, leading the defensive sacks, tackles, tackles for loss, and quarterback hits. Devin White, the uh, the defensive player of the quarter, off to a solid start here. And that's how we're starting off today's episode. We're going to get into some predictions. We're going to get into some things that we want to see happen better or see get improved drastically with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they gear up for the next four games. And as you gear up for fall, you're going to need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Well, if you didn't know, now you know. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making the Locked on Bucks podcast first listen or your first view every single day. Make sure you're checking out the NFL Key Predictions show every Friday on Locked on NFL. Locked on's local experts give you the inside scoop on the five biggest games of the NFL weekend including Sunday and Monday night football, plus betting advice from the field's leading experts bet online. Follow NFL key predictions every Friday on Locked on NFL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. We're going to talk about where the Bucs need to get better here in a minute. But first, where do the Buccaneers rank through the first four weeks uh, of the NFL season? I'm going to give you their best and their worst team rankings on offense and defense, starting with the offensive side of the ball. Their best statistical rank, they rank number one in interception rate. Right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers throwing the ball to the opponent, 0.65%. That's extremely low. Tom Brady has one interception in 155 pass attempts this season. His best full season interception percentage, you have to go all the way back to 2016.8%. He had two interceptions that season on 492 attempts. So right now, Tom Brady on track uh, to break that record, that his personal best, 0.8%, uh, right now throwing 0.65%. That's pretty good. As long as Tom Brady can protect the ball, uh, I think that this team has a fighting chance against anybody, even the Kansas City Chiefs, if they see them again in Arizona in February. Their worst offensive stats in the NFL right now for the Buccaneers, rushing yards per game, which might be a little bit of a surprise right? how much they've leaned on Leonard Fournette. But again, negative three yards Sunday night in week four, and Honestly, not a, a great rushing performance. You know, the Green Bay Packers kind of knew that's where they were going to have to go, so they stacked up against it. But right now, the Buccaneers are 31st in the league in rushing yards per game with just 65.3. Uh, Again, that negative three from Leonard. I know Rashad White got some rushing yards, but that negative three, week four really kind of hurting that average, but that's where they are. Chargers, the only team that are worse. By the way, the Chargers, Super Bowl hopefuls, right? A lot of people had them tabbed as a potential AFC Super Bowl candidate. Just like the Buccaneers were coming out of the NFC, the Chargers also two and two. So two, the 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 stats kind of tie together uh, a little bit. Now, what's relating to that? That's not an indictment on Leonard, right? I, obviously, I made Leonard Fournette my my player of the quarter for the offense, so that can't possibly be a full blown indictment on Leonard Fournette. Actually, 
it's a full-blown nightmare on the offensive line. And I know some of you guys have had some complaints about the O-line. We'll get deeper into that, believe me. But right now, guys, three of the five Buccaneers starting offensive linemen have sub-70 grades on Pro Football Focus. Sub-70, sub-70 running block grades on Pro Football Focus. And again, everybody kind of takes Pro Football Focus grades with a grain of salt. But when you're looking uh, the way I like to do this as a comparative, right? So at least we know these linemen are all being graded on the same scale that other players are being graded on as well. So three of the five starting off as a lineman have sub 70 grades for run blocking. According to PFF, the three offensive linemen that they do have, I know that equals six. So we're talking about a backup here, right? That do the three offensive linemen that do have grades for run blocking above 70. They're all tackles, Donovan, Tristan, and Josh, Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirtz, Josh Wells. Um, of course, Josh Wells injured. Donovan Smith came back for Kansas city. Tristan Wirtz kind of holding his own out there. So, that's going to play into something we're going to talk about here in a little bit too. So only three bucks offensive linemen with 70 plus run blocking grades. Uh, Donovan Smith, Tristan Wirfs, and Josh Wells. Some tight ends having some plus, some 70 plus run blocking grades as well. Switching over to the defense side of the ball right now, the best statistical category for the Buccaneers defense is the first downs allowed per game, tied for fourth fewest, giving up less than 18 first downs a game which is interesting because if you go in contrast, their third down percentage is actually nearly 42%, which ranks 20th in the National Football League. So they're 20th in giving up first downs on third down, but they're fourth best in not surrendering for, for surrendering first downs in general. How do I explain that personally? Honestly, it's probably a lot of the takeaways, uh, to be completely honest with you. Their worst statistical ranking, 27th in the league in red zone defense, allowing success for the offense 72.73% of the time. When opposing offenses enter the red zone against the Buccaneers defense, they score, they get into the end zone. So far this year, I went through and kind of charted it. The Buccaneers have given up five touchdown passes inside the red zone compared to two touchdown runs in the red zone. The passes have gone for 10, 7, 6, 5, and 2 yards. So really, we're not even talking red zone. We're talking inside the 10, which I know, maybe you talk called the dark red zone. You know what I mean? That's where the Buccaneers defense giving up their passes their touchdown passes, maybe some of that has to do with some aggression over the middle and teams taking advantage of that. The runs, three yards and one yard, both of those coming against Kansas City Chiefs. Four red zones, touchdowns, in fact, coming from the Kansas City Chiefs. So obviously that's going to kind of impact that number uh, as well. But yeah, every single red zone touchdown the Buccaneers defense has given up has been inside the 10. As long as they keep the opponent outside the 10, they have not been giving up touchdowns. They have forced two field goals inside the red zone and they have two red zone takeaways so those are key uh, as well but that is the worst statistical performance right now for the Buccaneers defense as we stand through four games so we got the stats we got the players we got the record we, we went through the games again how does this team get better what needs to get better for the Buccaneers to avoid another two and two quarter coming up here in the second quarter quarter and some of you again I've seen it in the comments I've seen it on Twitter you guys are hitting on it it's blocking right and, and for the offense it's blocking we're starting up front run blocking again Three of the five Buccaneers starting offensive linemen have sub-70 PFF run blocking grades. And we already talked about this. The guys with over are the tackles. So who are the three that have sub-70s? Well, it's Robert Haynes at your center. It's Shaq Mason, your guard, and it's Luke Gadecki, your other guard. Those are your guys that have sub-70 run blocking grades uh, as of right now while the tackles are doing better. And again, the tight ends are also doing better there on the edge. Pass blocking, it doesn't get a whole lot worse. We have one offensive lineman with a 70-plus pass blocking grade, and that's Tristan Wirfs. 
Shaq Mason and Robert Hainsey, they're both in the 60s, so they're kind of they're close, they're borderline, right? Donovan Smith has a 43.6 right now. Now, again, he's he's been he was dealing with the injury. I don't know if he was fully healthy when he came back against Kansas City, whatever it is. But right now, his pass blocking grade is a 43.6. So where Tristan Wirfs on the other side is hitting over 70. Donovan has is, is fallen down below the 50 mark. Luke Gedeke, and I know some of you have beef with the rookie here, but guard Luke Gedeke, 25.9 pass blocking grade. So the concern that we've all had about pass protection, specifically for Tom Brady up the middle, it is not working out all that well so far. Uh, run blocking, Luke, Luke Gedeke, 57.1 is the second lowest on the offensive line for the starters. Look, Aaron Stinney, Career-wise, hasn't really been much better in run blocking than the 57.1 that Gedeke is getting right now, but he's been much better in pass blocking. So that injury to Aaron Stinney, I'm not telling you that Aaron Stinney would have been the starter, you know, anyway to start the season, but if Gedeke is putting up putting up 25.9 type grades in pass blocking, you can believe that Aaron Stinney would be sniffing that starting job pretty soon, if not already. And then, of course, missing Ryan Jensen. Uh, so, you know, the hopeful, the, the, the speculation or conspiracy that he may not miss the entire season. We're really, really starting to hope that that comes to reality. On the defensive side of the ball, it's it's still in the trenches. The defensive line needs to get better. Look, there's a saying in football, it's hard to be bad when you're really good at the line of scrimmage. And so far, the Buccaneers have not been really good at the line of scrimmage, at least not for Buccaneers football. Like, there's a lot of teams that would take what the Buccaneers are getting in the trenches. But when you're talking about the Buccaneers, talking about Super Bowl aspirations, it has not been good enough. No defensive lineman right now are graded over 65 overall, just period. None of them. Uh, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez, who I know uh, some people have a lot of hate for right now, 64.3. He's the closest to 65, but none of them are overall 65. Nacho, his grade run, or his his run again, his grade against the run is really what is bolstering his score, 67.8 right now. But his pass rush grade is a 56.2. Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall, however, both have lower pass rush grades than Nacho. So think about that. Vita Vea, the only healthy defensive lineman with a 70-plus tackling grade. Akeem Hicks is 70-plus, but he's injured. He's not on the field. All of that stuff is going into uh, is going to lead into what we want to see out of the Buccaneers to find success in the second quarter. So we know what they need to improve on, right? They basically got to improve in the trenches. How do the Buccaneers get better in the trenches? We're going to talk about that here on the other side of this break. Thanks to our friends over at betonline.net, your number one source for football betting information this season. Find all their latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Right now, the Buccaneers are 12-1 to 1 favorites to win the Super Bowl. 35-1 to 1 odds that Tom Brady will win the MVP. 60-1 to 1 odds that Devin White will win Defensive player of the year and 66 to one odds that Chris Godwin will be the comeback player of the year. So if you like any of those odds, head over to bet online and throw down some cash on those and good luck to you. Hope you win those bets. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Final segment here on the Locked on Bucks podcast. James made his game-by-game predictions for the second quarter of the season yesterday on our on our show. I'll bring them back up, but I'll also make mine here in a minute. But first, before we get to that, we got to talk about what we need to see from the Buccaneers in order to have a better second quarter of the season. We're going to kind of specifically address those two areas we said that need to get better. The offensive line 
and the defensive line. So step one to this thing, how do you make the trenches better? By making them better. Simply sign Indomitian Sue or maybe Rob Gronkowski. Look, here's the thing. If, you're, if you sign Indomitian Sue, the Buccaneers right now have $3.7 million in cap space, according to over the cap, right? And Dom Consume made $6.8 million in 2021. I have contested this entire time that really this discussion has been centered around money, that the Buccaneers want Dom Consume to take less than he's willing to take in order to come back uh, and play. And that's probably been the issue. We know he's toured. He's talked to a lot of people. I mean, the dude is still talented. I'm guessing the problem is in the money. But if you look at the situation here, right, Logan, Logan Hall, just not fully ready for a full-time role. And and that's okay. He's a second-round pick, right? He, I know he's the first pick that the Bucs made, but he's a second-round pick. It's okay for him to need a year or two. But this team is built to win this year, right? You bring Tom Brady back, you do it to win a Super Bowl. So who's going to help you win a Super Bowl this year? Is it Logan Hall? Is it Akeem Hicks, who is injured, is going to be injured for a little while, and he's still going to need time to ramp back up when he comes back? And, let's, and we just went through the grades, guys. Wasn't doing amazing all across the board anyway or is it Indomitian Sue and from where I'm sitting right now it's Indomitian Sue when you look at Sue's 2021 season he right now would be the second best run defense grade he would have the fourth best tackling grade which isn't great by itself um, and might actually be why the Buccaneers didn't you know break the bank to bring him back but he and he would also have the fourth best pass rush skill or grade which might say well don't bring it back but guess what that fourth best pass rushing grade guys better than both Hicks and Hall Better than both of them. So, and Dom Kinsu would absolutely be an upgrade on that defensive line. He knows the scheme. He knows the system. He'd bring a little bit of attitude back to the trenches that the Buccaneers are missing now that Ryan Jensen is out of there. You need a little bit of that attitude in the trenches to help get guys going. But if you sign Sue, you're probably not bringing back Gronk, right? Because as, as hard as it can be to free up another $3 million, if you have to pay Sue the 6.8 or 6.5, it's be harder to clear up six more million dollars after that to bring back Gronk. So Gronk made just under eight million dollars last year. Who knows if he's going to want seven or eight to come back or six or seven uh, to come back again? That'll be you know reduced because of how much time he's missed. But if you choose to bring Gronk back instead of Sue, you want to let Hicks heal. You want to let Hall develop. Okay, got it. Gronk is a very good blocker, a very good pass catcher. He's Tom Brady's safety net. You know what I mean? And he can help absorb some of the injuries to these wide receivers as these guys get better so if you can't win or if you can't improve the defense side of the ball minimize the scoring get better the run stopping all that stuff at least get better on the offensive side so you score more points and 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 try to run teams out of the stadium and make them single or make them one-dimensional so that the defense has an easier job so that's step one step two run to the edges we talked about it. i've been hinting at it all episode uh the best running backs or the rest run blocking grades we have on this team right now tackles and tight ends set up edge motion right run them left run them right Run them left again, run them right again. And then what you do is you set up design cutbacks. So you hit it towards the tackle. You design a cutback on a pull, a pulling tight end, a pulling guard, a pulling tackle, whatever it is. And you cut back inside on the backside of the block. And you hit up between between the guards, between the tackles. That's your inside runs. You tire up the defense. You make them tired. You make them run a little bit. You make those big guys up front run. And then you soften the middle. Then you can run up the middle better. And you keep those guys in the middle from rushing your quarterback as effectively. Plus. You need to get Leonard Fournette some relief. Rashad White, his level of athleticism, probably best used on the edge anyway, which allows you to use him better to spell Leonard Fournette. So it just makes sense. So you can't make your offensive line, but like there's no there's no starting offensive lineman guys walking around in October. It's just not a thing. 
So how do you how do you improve that? You do it with scheme. Those are the ways you can do it. Look, the Bucks are fourth right now in adjusted line yards. It's a football outsider stat running to the left end. That's outside the tackle, usually a tight end probably, or somebody pulling to kick out that edge. Fourth best when doing that to the left. 25th when running inside the left tackle. 30th when running up the middle. 13th when running off the, the right tackle. 27th when running off the right edge. So not doing so hot on the right end. But listen, hit the tackles, hit the edges. That's where you're going to sustain this run game. You're going to make the defensive line tired, which is going to help your offensive line, help your quarterback. It's the right thing to do, Mr. Byron Leftwich. Please do that. Second quarter predictions. Right now, the NFC South stacks up like this after the first quarter. Bucks and Falcons at the top. Who saw that coming? Both two and two. Panthers and Saints at the bottom, both one and three. Uh, James, we have the same predictions for the next four games for all three NFC South teams. We both think the Saints are going two and two. We both think the Panthers are going one and three. And we both think the Falcons are going 0 and four. So they're about to go from tied for first in the division to all the way down at the bottom. And for the Buccaneers, James has them going three and one in the next four games. I sent out a Twitter poll from Locked on Bucks. Let's see where we're at on the numbers, on the voting. Uh, we had some really good answers coming in here uh, before I hit record. Right now, guys, we've got it's been it's been up for less than two hours, but we've already got 378 votes. So I appreciate everybody who's voted. Still have time to vote. We can still bring it up later. Uh, but right now, 50% of the voters. So what is that? 100 and 170 something. I, the math is is escaping me right now, as you can tell. But we've got over 150 plus voters saying that the Buccaneers are going to win all four games. Uh, 44.2% saying they're going to win three. Uh, and about five, six percent of you that are really down right now saying they're only going to win one or two. Or you're a Saints fan and you came through to troll the poll. Either way. James agrees with most of you, 4-0, or 3-1 uh, and one is what he says. I agree with the majority of you. I've got the Buccaneers going 4-0. Look, Falcons and Bucks. congratulations to the Falcons for uh, sitting atop the NFC South. That has much more to do with what the Bucs and Saints are going through than it does with what the Falcons are doing. Sorry, guys, you're losing that game. Bucks at Steelers, Kenny Pickett, just like James pointed out, rookie season. It's only going to be his second. I think he's at like two games of, of action. Uh, so far this year, so third or fourth game of, of NFL action. Todd Bowles is definitely going to do some things to help to, to mess with his head. Bucks are going to win that game in Pittsburgh. I will be there covering that game for you uh, in person. Bucks at Panthers. Uh, again, they're a hot mess. Matt Rule may not even be the head coach. I mean, honestly, that could be a trap game because Matt Rule gets fired the week before. And what happens when a team has an interim head coach? They like to win that game. So maybe that's where the Bucks get caught up. But outside of that, Bucks at Panthers, Bucks come away with the win. And look, I know a lot of people are afraid of Lamar Jackson. I get it. Super talented. He's on my fantasy roster in my money league for a reason. But listen, I don't think this Buccaneers defense is going to make the same mistake twice. And Patrick Mahomes, even though he only actually officially ran the ball four times, ran all over the Raymond James Stadium surface. I think the Buccaneers come back. They get Marcus Mariota next week or Desmond Ritter, whoever finishes the game, however that game goes. Kenny Pickett, not as mobile, obviously, but he does like to move the ball a little bit. Baker Mayfield, we know he likes to run around a little bit. This team has three more cracks. Like going after quarterbacks that like to run the ball, not as bet, not as well, granted, but they are going to get some experience in this. I think by the time the Ravens come to town, the Buccaneers defense will have this solved a little bit. Hopefully the Bucs offense is a little bit more uh, healed up and, and gelled. And I think the Buccaneers are going to come away with a Thursday night win over the Baltimore Ravens. So James, after the second quarter is done after week eight, he's at the Bucs sitting at five and three. The Saints are three and five. Panthers two and six. Falcons two and six. 
I've got the same record for the rest of the teams, but I've got the Bucks at six and two, and they're going to be carrying in their pocket wins over the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons. That will make all of you, all of us, much, much happier leaving week eight than we are right now leaving week four. But of course, I'm always happy when you're joining me, joining us here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. And I thank you for making us your first view or listen of the day. Now make your second viewer listen of the day, the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. If you just lost Javante Williams to injury, you need to check out what Vinny has to say. Get ready for fantasy football with Locked On Fantasy Football. I will be back tomorrow for Crossover Wednesday. I will be joined by Aaron Freeman of the Locked on Falcons podcast. We'll find out what he thinks about me saying that there's no way uh, the Falcons are winning this game and that they're going to go on four over the next four weeks. We'll see what Aaron thinks about that. If you've got reactions to today's conversation, additional questions or additional topics, we've got a really intriguing question about the future of the quarterback position in the voice mailbox that we're going to get to on our Friday episode. If you want to add to that, send your emails into LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show by dialing 813-444-5841. For my partner, James Jarko, who will be back with me on Friday, I'm David Harrison. Until we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything that we're both writing. James at BucksNation.com. I'm at BucksGameDay.com. Find us both on Twitter. I'm at DHarrison82. James is at JRCO underscore Bucks. The show is at LockedOnBucks. James's son having surgery, so send out your well wishes to James and to his young one if you feel so inclined. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Fire the cannons. Thank you for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.